Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you with little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Today is um, a really special day because we're finishing out our series that we've been doing on the book of Ruth. And I guess that you can tell that I love this book. I've loved studying this book. Um, I've learned so much from Ruth, but also Naomi and from Boaz. I hope that you have too. So in the past episodes, we've learned basically Ruth and Naomi's story, Naomi is in Bethlehem. There's a famine. She and her husband leave with their children. They go to Moab, a place that where Jews weren't liked and also Jews wouldn't prefer to be with the Moabites. Um, And when they're there, basically Naomi loses her husband. She loses her sons, but she gains two daughter-in-laws, which was wonderful, but also probably felt like a burden to her because she did not know how to also take care of two other women who had no husbands or children. So she decides to go back to Bethlehem, and Ruth is the one that ends up going with her all the way. Orpha goes back to Moab. When they get to Bethlehem, um, they meet, uh, well, Ruth actually goes into the fields, and she ends up working her tail off in order to support Naomi um, because she knows that Naomi's not in a place at that point where she can pick herself up. So Ruth works really hard, and she earns the favor of a man named Boaz who sees her in the field, um, respects everything that she's given up, respects all of her hard work, and ends up investing in Ruth, and as a byproduct, invests in Naomi. And through all of this, Naomi ends up um, once again feeling like God sees her, that other people see her, and other people believe in her. So she comes out of her depression, and she believes that she can hope again. She sends Ruth to propose to Boaz, which was probably incredibly awkward for our friend named Ruth. Um, But she does it, and she's very bold about it. Boaz takes on this mission to basically adopt Ruth and Naomi into his family and to take care of them. And at the end of this whole entire story, I want to read the scripture um, basically, it says, both took Ru- Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. He slept with her, and the Lord granted conception to her, and she gave birth to a son. The woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you without a family redeemer. So at this point now, Naomi is again starting a family which she thought she had lost completely. And then they say, May his name become well known in Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Indeed, your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better than seven sons, has given birth to him. Naomi took the child and placed him on her lap and became his nanny. The neighbor woman said, A son has been born to Naomi, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the family records of Perez. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Amminadab. Amminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. 
Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. And we might wonder why there's a lineage at the end of this story, but pretty much it's just showing the magnificence of what God has brought out of lives that have been torn apart, and now they are part of a royal family. Um, And God allowed this to happen out of the willingness of other people to invest in Naomi, who had lost everything. And what I love about this also is in these verses, it says, um, basically, that Ruth is better than seven sons. And sons were what families valued. They were the ones that provided for the family. But here you have one single woman who was willing to um, work her tail off to bring life into a a family that seemed like it was gone. So I think about Naomi, who at one point felt like that God hated her, um, felt like that God had abandoned her, felt like her people probably would not receive her back. And she comes back and life is given back to her. So today's episode, I want to let you know, is basically we're going to talk about how to wake up from bitterness and depression with my friends from Hopetown, Zach and Ash. And I hope that this is something that will resonate with you. I know that some people feel like that God has hated them in their lives or that they're bitter because God hasn't helped them enough, or maybe they are dealing with depression and feel very alone. And so I've got my friends here. We're going to talk about how do you deal with feelings like that that you have toward God because they can feel very shameful, very scary, hard to admit. Um, But we're going to dive in and talk about how to not only face those um, feelings, but also how do we how do we overcome them in a practical way? So, let, we're going to have a short break right now, and after the break, we're going to talk with Zach and Ash. Our mission at Clayton King Ministries is to preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. And what better way to do that than to send servants across the globe to spread the gospel? Crossroads Missions exists to connect people locally, nationally, and globally to the broken and hurting to give them the hope of Jesus Christ, and you can join us on our next adventure. Whether it's teaching students English through Bible stories in Thailand, building a preschool for underprivileged kids in Guatemala, or creating relationships with the homeless population of Los Angeles, there is a way you can serve with Crossroads Missions. We set you up with a personalized fundraising page, give you all the resources and info you need to get ready, and develop community amongst the group before we even meet at the airport. Anyone above the age of 16 can join us on one of our scheduled trips, and we also do custom trips. Find out how you can serve with us in 2019 by going to gowithcrossroads.com. Also, if you're looking for more encouraging content, head over to shariking.com slash blog to find new articles each week from Shari. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Overcoming Monday, please share it with your friends. So, Hope Town, Zach and Ash Dixon, I'm so glad you guys are here with me again. What's hey, up? we're back. Thanks yep. for having us. We skipped you on the last season just because... I don't know. I don't know why it's good to you. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. But I love you guys so much. Keep I, it fresh. <laughs> no, but I pretty much want to have you every time because I love you guys so much and I believe in what you're doing. Mm, thank thank you. you. We've had so many people that we've <clears throat> recommended come to see you guys because I believe in the mission that you're doing with Hope Town. Which, by the way, Zach, do you want to just kind of give a little summary of what your vision is? Because some people may not know who you guys are. So what is Hope Town and what do you guys do? Yeah, Hope Town is our ministry. It's our business. It's our it's a counseling organization, first of all. Uh, so we offer professional counseling. 
Um, and it has been cool. Actually, some listeners of yours have become clients mm. of ours. And so uh, that has been really neat. And so uh, so we offer the counseling portion of it uh, for people that might be struggling with, you know, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. bitterness, things that we're talking about today, whatever it is. And then we also offer, so it's the, the three C's, uh, counseling, and then there's coaching. The coaching is more what I consider uh, self-development, um, you know, uh, so if I just want to be a better version of myself or I might just, maybe there's not a specific struggle, but I might just feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be more where the coaching comes in, um, comes into play. And then the last thing is, uh, we do some consulting. And so that is getting to go, um, mostly into churches, uh, and offer some um, consulting work as far as uh, how especially um, churches and teams can better take care of themselves and how they can better love and take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And so the three C's, that's kind of how I'm trying to simplify it these yep. days. Uh, it's so good because I think that sometimes we can just get focused on the mission of a job yeah, and and we and we fully believe in the oxygen mass principle of you know when you're in a plane, and you know when you're already nervous about flying, they tell you you know what happens if the plane going <laughs> the plane's going down and the oxygen mass falls down, they tell you to to do what first you know put it on yourself, mm-hmm. so that you can be most beneficial for the people around you, mm-hmm. and so yeah that's our that's our our whole premise. It's not a selfish thing for us. It's so that. I can be more loving, more giving, mm. more generous of my with myself. Yeah. And so we see it as a very loving thing to do to take care of yourself yeah. in the right way. I love that you guys both have a heart for this. And I know that the backstory is a little bit, Zach, that um, you struggled with depression. Ash mm-hmm. was there, walked you through it. Um, yeah. And so, Ash, you have a heart for this in a big way, too. Yeah, it's funny. It's you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this isn't my story. This is more Zach, but it's actually not true. It's my story too, because mm-hmm. I was there um, from the beginning. And even though it looked different for me as kind of more of a friend and a helper during that season, we both walked through it. Um, so I definitely have a heart for people who might be suffering with some sort of issue, whether it be mental illness or, you know, if it's just a struggle, but I also have a heart for the people who walk alongside them during that mm-hmm. season. Um, just because you did that. Yeah, I did that. And it was, was it 10? It was over 10 years ago, which mm-hmm. is crazy because we'll be married nine years this year. So yeah, it was like 10 years ago, which is, I which never is know crazy. the timetable. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not like Clayton. He knows everything to the date and the time and the minute. <laughs> Half the time I'm like, I don't even know. People look at me like, is this awesome for you? And I just think, I don't really know the time, so I'm impressed that he knows it, yeah. but I don't. I never really even think about mm. it. So if we are talking about Ruth and Naomi, I feel like you guys have a little bit of a parallel story with them, mm-hmm. slightly. Um, Zach, in reference to Ruth, um, you, well, Naomi basically confesses at one point that she feels like God hates her. And hate is a very strong word, Um, but I think Naomi bravely uses this word um, when she describes her relationship with God because I've not met many people who actually can say that out loud without feeling bad, right? Are we supposed to hate God? Um, 
So do you believe it's okay to have this emotion? Um, what kind of advice would you give to people who feel like God hates them or, or maybe even let, we can even change the word, but just has neglected them, mm. you know, ha- doesn't see them mm-hmm. that their life is just falling apart. And where is God, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm okay using that word. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way you kind of set it, set me up to give me the, mm-hmm. you know, almost, you know, to toss up a softball. And, and when you say bravely mm-hmm. says like, cause that obviously I agree with you, what, what you're implying that this is a very brave thing for her to confess and admit to. And so my short answer would be yes. Like, I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in order for us to truly get somewhere, we have to be honest about where we're at, mm-hmm. like really honest. Um, and unless we're really honest with where we're at currently, you know, I think it's hard to get to the place where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so whenever I was thinking about this story, I thought about Adam and Eve in the garden when they messed up. The first thing they did was they hid. Um, and then God coming to find them asked, where are you? Mm-hmm. But the funny thing to me always uh, as I think about is that God knew where they were, but he still asks. Um, and so and that's that's my thing with this. Like God knows where you're at. So if your heart is there where you feel like you hate him or, you know, you might hate him or you feel like he hates you. Mm-hmm. Um, why not just go ahead and be fully transparent? Because he is God. Mm-hmm. He sees and knows all. And so he knows already. So why not just go ahead um, and be honest? And and that's the that's the kind of faith, honestly. When I when I look at scripture and the the men and women that I want to emulate and and be like, it was more of a wrestling faith, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they were real people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were, they were... and that's how we know the Bible is real because these people aren't portrayed as perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't this like certainty seeking faith you know that you know because i know that god loves me always i'll just you know claim that always no it was more like a wrestling mm-hmm. you know it was full of emotion and full of yes certainty at times but also doubts and mm-hmm. fears and yeah and so i personally I, I like to encourage people to what i see as a real faith as a as a, to step into a wrestling faith with god mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that might mean feeling and having to own up and and be honest with the fact that you feel like God has forgotten you mm-hmm. and, and hated you. Can I interject? Yeah. This it, this is um, could be off topic, but it's really not. Two songs that I want to recommend to mm-hmm. your listeners that have been like, I'm like, oh my goodness, this these words are so what we have experienced. Um, Pat Barrett. I don't know if anyone has already heard him, but he has this song called Into Faith I Go. Mm. And in the line, one of the lines in the song talks about faith is not some little thing that gets shattered when we walk through something hard. And I was like, wow, because mine and Zach's experience in walking through a very difficult season, right? Like now, 10 years later, our faith is so much more true and honest and real Mm -hmm. than it was before this happened. Um, And then another song that's been, just has echoed our our hearts is um, Passion Bigger Than I Thought. Yeah. Um, Kind of along the same lines of 
God being able to handle handle your doubts and your and your fears. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, just two songs kind of going along with what we're talking about today. That yeah, yeah I didn't think huge. like in that song I didn't think he was good enough, but you're actually you're bigger than I thought, God. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the fact that you're you are big enough to handle <laughs> my doubt. Yeah, right. Yeah, because let's realistically look at this. D- doesn't he handle all of our doubt? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a he does not destroy someone when they decide they want to be an atheist. He's not like, okay, right. well, I'm done with you, zap. He lets them live their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's hard for us because I think that a lot of times um our fear of their eternal destination mm-hmm. causes us to want to manipulate them right. into a relationship with God. Right. We've seen that in the past. People mm-hmm. scaring people into faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Crusades, and like we could just mention all of these different ways <laughs> right. that we have not allowed the grace of God to rest on people who are struggling with Him mm-hmm. and who He is. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so very important to be able to give people that space. Yeah. So here's the next question that I think you know either one of you. This is not. This is sort of in this question, but I've, I'm kind of adding this on. When someone is angry or feels like God hates them. And it's almost like a broken record. Sometimes it just turns into a broken record and they don't like, they're not popping out of it. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I used to have a record player. So it just plays that one line Mm -hmm. over and, you know, and it just keeps going. Um, CDs used to have that problem sometimes too. (laughs) But um, when you are with someone who feel they're more stuck in it rather than they haven't, they've come to the place of admitting it, but now they're stuck in that emotion. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to either the person beside them walking through them or the person who's stuck in that emotion? How, how can they try to come out of this? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, just some thoughts that I have, you know, there is a difference and someone experiencing that emotion and that thought and then someone being stuck. I kind of envision a pig in the mud. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just standing in the mud, but they're rolling around in it. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I think we can do that Mm -hmm. with a thought and an emotion. We Instead of trying to stand up in it or, you know, we're just rolling around in it and it's hard to get up. And I think at that point is when we really need um, outside help Mm -hmm. to – um, you know, help pull us up out of it. And for Zach and I, you know, he was, he was there, he was stuck and rolling around in the mud. Um, and for me not to be pulled down in the mud with him, I had to not be the only person around him. Hmm. Um, there, we call it a team that he had a team of people around him, which at the time he resented it, that Hmm. he had to have these like five people around him. But I couldn't do it by myself um, because, again, I, I could have been pulled down in it with him. Um, but, you know, we had a counselor. I went with him once a week to see the counselor, in which the counselor actually recommended for me to come with him so that I would learn um, the techniques mm. of, you know, how to help him process his thoughts and emotions, but also so that I could learn about depression and anxiety. I didn't know. Um, I needed to educate myself in order to understand what he was experiencing. Um, so, you know, so there was that person. There was, we called his mom. His mom came and lived with him for three weeks. Um, you know, our pastor, there was just, 
people around us. There's no way I could be his only support. Right. Yeah. So I would definitely encourage that as far as the person who's walking alongside someone who's stuck. Which is really interesting because we see this in the book of Ruth. Mm -hmm. When Ruth looks at Naomi and says, I'm not turning back. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really bold faith statement for Ruth to do. I think she got in Naomi's face and said, Mm -hmm. look, I'm not leaving. Where you go, I'm going. I mean, what she said was very determined. Yeah. And then she stayed with her. Um, Naomi probably thought, I'm going to wear this girl out and she's going to end up Mm -hmm. quitting and going back. But what's neat is Boaz ends up becoming Mm -hmm. another person. Yeah. And then you see as he stands beside her, the end scene that we see is all these people gathered around her saying, look at Naomi and look what God's restored. And it's, that's really interesting when you see the whole community there in the end of the story. It's yep. really beautiful. Yeah, yep. I agree. Yeah. So Zach, how did you, uh, I, I know, how did you feel when people were, how, how were you able to let go of your um, get away from me feeling and start receiving from people? Yeah. I, I feel like when you get to that place, that is, every, I think everybody has to get to that breaking place. Like, so sometimes this isn't the case with everybody, but when when somebody doesn't want that yet, I question sometimes whether they really hit rock mm. bottom. Um, because when I hit rock bottom, I wanted anyone to come in and mm-hmm. and help me, you know, lift me out of the mm-hmm. the pit, and so. You know, it, so it wasn't like I did this and this and this to to allow people. It was just I'd hit bottom, mm. and, and you couldn't do anything at no. that point. Other people had to help you. That's right. And yeah. so when when people aren't there yet, I'm not sure whether they've hit bottom. Yeah. And unfortunately, I have to step back and you know take the pressure off myself mm-hmm. and be okay with them still having to. <laughs> maybe take a, a few more steps down <laughs> mm-hmm. um and and that's a that's a hard thing to watch mm-hmm. um i'm sure it was mm-hmm. <laughs> you know well you know. and rock bottom is different for every person mm-hmm. i yeah. we've had people in our lives i'm looking at them saying how are you not at rock bottom yet mm-hmm. um and so it's hard to wait for someone to get there mm-hmm. it is and to watch where their life is going and people just have you know different different reasons for how far they're going down. Um, I was going to ask you, um, Ash, when you went into the counseling sessions mm-hmm. and he was telling you some of the some of the steps to take Zach through, yeah. can you describe those steps? Um, oh, yeah. Um, so with anxiety, he was diagnosed with panic disorder. And so specifically they were when he was – so, for example, he was afraid to go outside to leave his apartment and Which I know all this sounds so crazy. Yeah, um, but it was but like, I, yeah, I mean, it was I very was real in a very, very I try not to like forget it because because mm-hmm. it almost seems like another life and another person. But like, like, no, like this was me, mm-hmm. you know, and this is this stuff that Ashley is you know, saying like this is very true. And mm-hmm. I was kind of I lost it. Yeah, I had a broke. Yeah. You know? So, well, number one, the counselor helped me understand panic disorder. But then, so then we talked through the steps of, okay, so we were, we were going to leave the apartment. We're going to try to take a walk around his apartment. 
But then he wanted, he was afraid and wanted to go back in. And I wouldn't let him open the door and come Mm -hmm. inside. And so when he wanted to go inside, I had to say, why do you, you know, why do you want to go inside? What are you trying to predict is going Mm -hmm. to happen? You know, by you being outside right now, what do you think will happen? What are you trying to predict? And then he would say, well, I think I'm going to faint. And then I would say, well, is there any evidence that would show you that you're going to faint because you're outside? And then he would say, well, no, I've never fainted. (laughs) And I'd say, okay, that's good. So there's no evidence to prove that that's going to happen. So, but worst case scenario, if you did faint, what would happen? Mm -hmm. So we would walk, you know, the thought the scary thought he had, we'd actually walk it all the way down the road mm-hmm. to the worst case scenario. And then can we live with that? You know, because yeah. before um, people would be so scared, you know, when I would start to freak out, they would just let me do whatever. Because I, they didn't know they didn't want you to do whatever it was that they thought you would do. It's right. so mm-hmm. funny because your worst case scenario is undefined. Mm-hmm. People's right. fear of what's going to happen to you is undefined. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you define it all, right. it's not quite as scary yep. once you look at it mm-hmm. all. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, like, so unfortunately what they were doing was enabling. Right. Mm-hmm. It was only affirming my fears. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and beliefs <clears throat> versus... And it's kind of funny, the counselor... You know, when he asked me to sit in on the sessions, he he wouldn't let Zach's mom sit in, which at the time we didn't understand, but it was because she wasn't able to tell him no. And the counselor said, you know, I just, I think you're going to be able to tell him no and to actually challenge his thoughts and not enable him in the future. So that was, I mean, I had to step up my game and like, even though I loved him and it was hard to watch, I had to keep the end you know, in mind that the, this is going to help him. I had to keep thinking that. Right. So, yeah. I think Clayton and I, I don't know if it was a video or an article. I can't remember at this point right now, but we are reading it or watching it. And the article said that basically a lot of addicts will go back home mm-hmm. and they, they're fine when they go back home, but all of a sudden they, they fall straight back into yeah. what their addiction was. So they thought it was the addict. Oh, mm-hmm. I know what it was. It was at um, Catalyst. We heard Henry, Henry Cloud. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was talking in one of his, uh, he was talking about one of their principles and one of their counseling methods. And basically he said that the, usually it's not the problem of the addict. It's going back home into an environment mm-hmm. where they've been enabled. Yeah. Yep. So the, the what who both people actually need to go to therapy because mm-hmm. the people at home need to figure out how do I say no right to this person exactly. who I've thought that I was giving love and mercy and grace to mm-hmm. but really what I'm doing is is hindering their ability to become better. It's like yeah. when somebody you know calls me about their kid, they're like, I don't know what to do with them anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they just I need you to you know essentially make them right and fix yeah. them. And in the back of my mind, I understand what they're saying. Yeah, but I also know. This is not... There's a whole dynamic there, yeah. (laughs) This is not just about the kid. Well, yeah, and I can understand. I've been with parents that just feel like they've tried everything they know how to try, Mm -hmm. and they're they're like, I'm at the end of my rope. I can't can't make this child behave the way I think Mm -hmm. they should. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I felt like that with other people, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not a child-parent relationship. It's a friend-friend or, you know, a family member. So... Um, I just want to ask you guys as we end today, this has been so good. I feel like it's going to be so useful for so many people. 
Um, but what are some useful ways that we can be the answer to someone struggling with um, bitterness, either toward God or toward themselves? I know we've talked about some of these things, but mm-hmm. do you guys have something that you would end this podcast on? Some advice? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think back to my time, you know, with walking alongside Zach, and even now, it's we're not. It's not done. We still experience challenges and anxiety. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, but, you know, this is the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus when you are a helper and, you know, walking with someone. It's it's so funny. It's like normally we think experiencing God is going to come in, you know, a worship experience or reading the Bible or mm-hmm. and, and it does, you know, experiencing God does happen in those times. But I personally think 99% of the time it's going to come through other people. It's going to come through his people being his literal hands and feet Mm -hmm. to each other. And so, you know, to have that opportunity to be the hands and feet to someone uh, of Jesus is like, to me, the biggest honor ever. And then to allow, to be in the position to allow someone to be his hands and feet is humbling, but you will get to experience him in a way that you never have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I try to keep in mind. Yeah, and I think the the answer too kind of lies in this question as well. Um, let the focus on be on being the answer, not having the answer. Right, mm-hmm. yeah, um, so good. Mm-hmm. Like, because so many times I get so... Uh, stressed out about having the answer or Mm -hmm. having the best advice Mm -hmm. or having the word from the Lord, whatever it is. Um, And the key is just to be, Mm -hmm. you know, you see it in um, with, with Naomi and Ruth, you Mm -hmm. see it, you know, in our, in our story, it is, it is, it is a indwelling, you know, um, with someone. It is totally putting your life um, with somebody else's life, mm-hmm. being with them. So be the answer rather than focus on, focusing on having the answer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I think it's so funny. There's a, we pointed this out in the podcast earlier, but when, um, Ruth looks at Naomi and says, where I go with you, I'll go where you live, I'll mm-hmm. live at the end of that. It said, and when she was finished, they stopped talking <laughs> Like they didn't talk, they continued on their way and did not talk, which makes me think that previously Naomi is probably sitting there going, you guys just need to go back. I can't, you know, Mm. it's just such an interesting quote at that point. And I think that there's so much, so many times that I've been with Clayton when he's, he was upset about his dad or whatever, there was really nothing to say. It was just be, one time I was really upset. We were having a fight when we had first gotten married. I was going through all these things. I can't even remember what the situation was, but we were supposed to be going to church and Clayton said, are you going to go? And I said, no, actually, I think the best place for me right now is in this house. I'm just going to spend time with the Lord and you can't fix this. So Mm. just go to church and when you get back, we'll see what, where I am. And the Lord just, you know, was with me in that time. And he came back and I said, I'm good. Let me tell you about the conversation I had with Jesus. And we talked about it. So Clayton couldn't do anything. He needed to just leave and give me space. Mm. And sometimes you need to be there and sometimes you need to listen and just know you can't fix that person. Mm -hmm. There's not a verse in Ruth where it says, and Ruth said the perfect thing. And Naomi all of a sudden realized God loved her again. You (laughs) know, Ruth had a word from God. That didn't happen. It was she worked hard and she showed Naomi that she cared and she loved her. Mm -hmm. So 
Overcoming Monday listeners and Hope Town, I'm so glad we had this conversation today. I want to thank you guys for joining us for episode 40 of Overcoming Monday, where we provide little secrets for your big breakthrough. Bitterness and depression is such a difficult topic, but they're very real emotions that can take us down. And I'm thankful for Zach and Ash um, that they're not afraid to talk about these tough things. Thanks so much, you guys. Yeah. Um, I know that they've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. If you want further advice or coaching or counseling, or what was your third other thing you do? It was three C's. Counseling, coaching, consulting. Yes, consulting. <laughs> um, you can find them at thisishopetown.com. Um, also, guys, this is a production of Clayton King Ministries. If you've been a, benefited from this podcast, please help spread the word by reviewing and rating Overcoming Monday on your podcast platform and share your favorite episode or maybe quotes on social media. Thanks a bunch for your support. We hope we've given you something to overcome your Monday. We're thankful you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you. There are three ways you can help us reach even more people. Be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ShariKing99. You can also make a tax-deductible donation to CKM, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry at ClaytonKing.com give. And of course, subscribe. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out her blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope we've given you something to help overcome this Monday. Monday.